Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Boycott. Nothing personal word of the day for today, August 26th. It's a Wednesday. It's boycott. It's not a word that I normally would associate with sports. When you boycott something, I think about when I was young and remember uh, musicians, they said we're not going to play Sun City in South Africa as they were boycotting apartheid. Boycott in North American sports is something you don't think about. You saw it in the Olympics, the boycott of the Olympics. When you're trying to raise attention to an issue and you're trying to get meaningful change, you're trying to get someone to listen, you're trying to figure out what your next move is, and you feel as though that it requires a boycott in order to get someone's attention. The reason boycotts get people's attention is that it costs them money. When you are expecting someone to do something and they choose not to do it, they are boycotting, then you are not getting what you bargained for. You are not making the money that you budgeted and projected to make. When fans boycott your stadium or boycott a product, nothing becomes of it until the boycott becomes large enough, serious enough, and deep enough that it starts to impact money. The boycott I want to talk about today is a little different. And in order to frame the issue, you have to go back to Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard when the NBA was setting up their bubble. And they were concerned that the distraction of playing basketball was not appropriate. It was tone deaf inside the bubble. Too much going on outside the bubble. And Adam Silver, the commissioner of basketball, said, listen, we have an understanding of what you're saying, and we are going to give you the platform. We'll figure out how to draw attention to the issues in our country and how to change them, make them better. So the bubble started, and games were every other day. They were seeding games, and the playoffs started. And we're sitting here on sports radio and TV and podcasts, and we're excited. There's games every other day. There's four uh, slots of games. You can watch games from 1 p.m. till midnight. NBA basketball, NBA playoffs 2020. Yes, we're talking and seeing virtual fans. It's become normalized to see people in mass, social distanced. It looks like a stage that the players are playing on. And not in a Shakespearean way where all the world's a stage and we are merely players performers and portrayers. What it really is, is you're looking at a game and you're thinking, are these people, are these athletes, are these actors, are they here for us? Are they here for them? We can't enjoy it. We're not seeing fans. They tried to put virtual fans at the game. It's not the same. They pumped in crowd noise. I find it annoying. 
and bothersome both in baseball and in basketball. Sometimes silence is okay. But as the bubble progressed, they've been inside that bubble. The first game, Coca, was July 31st. So we're not even a month into the bubble. That, that doesn't sound right. I think baseball started July 23rd and basketball started July 31st. So we're not even a month. We're 27 days into the bubble. The first round has ended for a couple of teams, is ongoing for most. And players are beginning to show the wear and tear of the bubble. And it's manifesting itself in several ways. We're going to talk soon about Paul George and how the bubble has manifested the bubble issues have manifested themselves with Paul. But we're going to start with players on the Raptors led by a player named Fred Van Vliet. The Raptors, as you remember, are defending champions. They lost Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. And somehow they continued without their best player. And they have been an overperforming team, in my opinion, who is now playing as well as any other team in basketball, including the Bucks and the Lakers. And they're a real threat to repeat, which would be an incredible story in Toronto and around sports to have a repeat champion where it's like the Bulls winning without Jordan is what it would be for the Raptors to win without Kawhi. I'm not saying Kawhi's Jordan, but please, you get the point. So several days ago, and we spent a lot of time yesterday, and I appreciate the feedback that I got on this segment. It's a, it's, it's a line that I'm willing to walk that other people may not be, but I'm willing to. And we talked about the attempted murder that took place in Kenosha. There have been riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin over the last few days over the shooting of James of a Jacob Blake and the paralysis that he is now suffering may be permanent. There were two fatalities during the protests last night. There's video on social media that if it doesn't make your skin crawl, then I don't understand what skin you have. The Raptors, now we consider them a Canadian team, but they're not. We're all one. North America. Fred Van Fleet said at the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then at some point we're going to have to put our nuts on the line and actually put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility. Interesting. Marcus Smart of the Celtics said a potential boycott to protest Jacob Blake's shooting is in the back of our minds. We tried to be peaceful, kneeling. We tried to protest, but it's not working. The platform that Adam Silver thought the players would have, it hasn't happened. The belief that the players had, however foolish it may have been, but the belief they had that they would use their time in the bubble and all of the eyes on them as a way to try to ensure change, they are now feeling after only one month that it's not working. Someone needed to counsel them properly and manage their expectations. Because talking about change, protesting change, boycotting games or events, that's not the only thing that stops apartheid or stops systemic racism. It can draw attention to it, but if you're in America and you have not been brought up to speed 
on the reality of the country situation today, then I don't know what to say to you. Educate yourself, make sure you vote. But if you don't know what's going on because you are in, in, a, in a bubble yourself dealing with only sports or only your life or your family or your work, it's not about money. It doesn't matter if you work 20 hours a day or eight hours a day, you're unemployed, you're rich, you're poor. It doesn't matter. There's certain things that all people should understand and know. And this is not, this is not being an education snob. This is not me telling you that if you can't quote Macbeth, that you're not worthy. This is me telling you that if you need to be told that we have a problem, then either you are the problem or you are so clueless that Alicia Silverstone would not have dinner with you. But the players, by ratcheting this up and calling for a boycott, they met last night. They got the executive council of the union together. The president of the, of the executive council is a player named Chris Paul, who is helping the Oklahoma City Thunder in their first round series against the Rockets. I think that series is tied at two going into a game five tonight. I think could be game six, but uh, Coke, I can't remember. Andre Igu, um, Andre of the Heat. I got the name wrong two days in a row. Vice president. They went to a meeting where the players, all right, I'll get it, Coca. Andre Igudala. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank God for Coca spelling stuff out for me in syllables. So they went to support players who had a meeting to talk to the union and talk amongst themselves of the best way to try to ratchet up the awareness within the bubble. How to use their platform better. And boycotting came up. When I first read Van, Fleet, Van Vliet's quote and Marcus Smart's quote, my initial reaction was, it's foolish. You cannot boycott a playoff game. What are the Raptors going to do, not play tonight? Does that mean they forfeit, they lose game one? Does it mean the Celtics automatically win? Does it mean the Celtics, if they boycott two, then both teams forfeit? Do they have an agreement with the league that they push game one back by a day? What does that do? other than inconvenience the TV partner who gives money that helps you earn the salaries you earn. One game of boycott, does that change anything that's happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin? Does it change anything that is happening throughout the country and the world? Remember the WNBA player who left her team, quit at the height of her career, to work on Freen. Her name was Maya Moore. Do you remember we did a segment on her? She worked to free an inmate, in her mind, wrongly convicted, who's now become free. Coke is telling me his name was Jonathan Irons. That was taking a stand. I didn't quite understand it at the time. I'm not sure I understand it now. But if that's your plight and that is what you want to do, you have my respect for making a decision that impacts you and potentially can positively impact other people. But boycotting, having your team boycott an NBA game, tell me what the next move is. That's when I will believe that a boycott makes sense. Tell me that you're boycotting. You want to, as you said, Fred, if you want to put your nuts on the line, withdraw from the bubble. Take your entire Raptors team 
give up your salaries, all playoff money, pay back the salaries that you accrued by playing in the seeding games and walk away. And then go to the cities that are being impacted, choose a city, and don't leave until laws are changed. Don't lead until police forces are made to re-educate themselves. Don't change until kids are off the street and in after-school programs. Don't come back until guns are off the street. Is it a day? Is it a week? Is it a year? Is it a decade? Is it your whole career? I don't know. But you want to make meaningful change. That's the type of work that has to be done. And that's the work that people do who are being paid $20,000 a year, not $200,000 a game. Those are people who have dedicated their lives because they can't dunk. They can't make jump shots. They can't dribble with their left hand. And they have decided to devote their lives. That doesn't make them better than you. It just means that that's what they've chosen to do. Everyone helps in the best way that they can. And I don't want any more quotes. Well, it's good for nothing personal, good for content. I don't want them. How about action? Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches. He's coaching the Clippers. They have a 3-2 lead right now over the Mavericks. They crushed 154 points, I think, last night. Doc Rivers met the media afterward, and he talked about what was going on in Kenosha, and he was emotional. I watched him as a Nick player, and I absolutely loved him as a player. I think he wore number 25 for the Knicks. I think he was on, I not think he was on our team, and I think he was on our team in 94 with Derek Harper and Rolando Blackman in the backcourt with John Starks. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. It's 26 years ago. Doc Rivers had a quote talking about black people saying, it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And I'm not talking about whether that's true or false. I'm talking about the fact that people feel it. And America is not the only place where that happens. If you look back over the course of countries, civil wars, dictators, it is very common where people in a country feel as though their country does not love them, does not respect them, does not treat them equally. You can go back thousands of years and that's a concept that has not changed. How do you change that? It's not amazing to me only because I've seen it everywhere. There are factions in every country who feel marginalized. That's what a faction is. When you're in the minority, whether it's an opinion or a skin color or a religion or a point of view, you feel marginalized. You feel as though that you are not being loved. I wish I could sit here on a 45-minute show and give you answers. I can only tell you that the solution is not boycotting games. It is figuring out what you do when you're not playing. What you do when you look in the mirror and decide, am I going to talk or am I going to act? And being in the bubble causes issues. We knew this going in. There was a lot of discussion the players had, their concerns about the bubble. The NBA tried very hard to make the bubble feel like Oz. 
There's no place like home. That would have been way funnier, Coca. Let's edit that out and say, hey, it'd be easy for the bubble to be made to be like Kansas. No place like home. They tried bringing in chefs and barbers and music and games. And that was good for the first couple days, first couple weeks. But when you live in a bubble, a couple of things happen. The first one is that you begin to forget what's going on outside the bubble. You begin to have a comfort level that your world is contained. But then when the bubble gets pierced, it hurts more than it ever would have because it deflates the bubble with great speed. So the equivalent is when you blow up a balloon, right? You blow into it, whether you do it with helium manually or you blow into it, you know, and then you almost pass out. You tie it around your finger and you've got a balloon. Well, that took some time. It took some breathing. The bubble grows. And what does it take to pop it? You stick a pin in it and it explodes in a millisecond. When bubbles get pierced, whether it's by COVID-19, which is what we've talked about, or by outside events like what happened again in Kenosha, it has a significant impact and it leads to loneliness and isolation and anxiety and depression. The last couple of weeks, Paul George has not played well. He's been criticized during these playoffs as not being a superstar, not being worthy of being the number two to Kawhi Leonard's number one. The Clippers no longer the favorite in the Western Conference. Couldn't hit the ocean from a bridge. Just ruthless criticism of Paul George. He came out in last night's game five and shot 12 for 18, scored 35 points in 25 minutes. Had a great game. And then talked after the game about the fact that he had been suffering from anxiety and depression. He gave a quote and he said, and this is where I lost him. On his recent scoring struggles, he said, I underestimated mental health, honestly. I had anxiety, a little bit of depression, just being locked in here. I just wasn't there. I checked out. Games two, three, and four, I wasn't there. Shout out to the people that were in my corner, who were in my corner, who gave me words. They helped big time, helped get me right, get me back in great spirits. I can't thank them enough. Paul George on his recent scoring struggles. I have two takeaways from the Paul George story. Number one, don't be a social media bully. Just don't do it. I can take it. Not everybody can. Not everybody has the shell that I've built up over 18 years. Now it's been 21 years being in the public eye. If it makes you feel better to be critical of my voice, my height, my life, my show, do it. My privilege. There's some people who do not have that ability, and it is crushing to them. It, to when you make someone feel small, that doesn't mean that you are bigger by comparison. The relative difference in your size still exists. Because when you make someone feel small, you're even smaller. 
But to draw attention to mental health issues is so important. But it is an absolute mistake to say, get ready, Coca, because this is not going to be popular and I don't care. Shooting 12 for 18 does not cure you of anxiety and depression. Hard stop. If that's what it took to cure you, you did not have anxiety and depression. It requires therapy, and he, may have, and he met with a therapist in the bubble, maybe. But it requires a lot of work, self-growth, self-loathing, self-improvement, self-actualization, eliminating delusion, understanding why you feel the way you feel, how to change when the triggers start like a little pebble going down a mountain that turns into an avalanche. When you feel the first pebble, you learn how to stop that pebble from growing into a boulder that crushes the city below and all of its inhabitants. It doesn't get cured when you have a good moment or a good day. It helps. You pile on enough good days in a row and you realize that your coping mechanisms are starting to work. I respect Paul George for talking about mental health. It's a critical issue. More players, more people suffer from mental health issues, and there's a stigma that I will never understand. When someone has a physical disability, maybe you hold a door, you help, you feel sorry, you give money, you don't shun. People who have mental disorders tend to be shunned. They tend to be made fun of. Find me someone who's never suffered from some level of anxiety or depression or a moment in time where they're not who they thought they were, when they think that their success is a fraud, when they don't believe anything good can happen, will happen, or has happened. That doesn't get cured by the first good thing. So I don't want Paul George's success in game five to make other people feel like shit because they still feel like shit after a good day. I want people to be aware that there is help that can be gotten, and I respect Paul George for getting help and for starting his process. To underestimate what that bubble is doing to players, and now you're seeing it. You are seeing it through anxiety, depression. You're seeing it through the feeling they shouldn't be here. We talked George Hill yesterday, LeBron. Today, Van Fleet, smart. Tomorrow, somebody else. The NBA will have to deal with this issue, not just this season, but if they have to bubble again next season. Major League Baseball will have to deal with this issue if they bubble in the postseason, and even if they don't. Employers around this country and around this world due to COVID, due to the unrest, are going to have to deal with the very real fact that people are much less mentally stable than they were six months ago when this pandemic started. For all sorts of reasons, economic and other. There is help to be gotten. There are numbers to call. Thank you, Paul, for bringing to our attention, what you're going through. And I hope that you continue to work on yourself and get better. In the NFL yesterday, it was uh, another interesting day. There is no lack of content or stories here on Nothing Personal. 
Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Don't forget on Friday, we're choosing a winner from rate review on Apple, please. Rate five stars, write a review. Ask a question if you want to be in our end of month mailbag, which is coming up in a few days. Subscribe on Nothing Personal with David Sampson on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts as well. There's no shortage of content on or off the field. Yesterday, the Detroit Lions did something that absolutely surprised me, and it dovetails very nicely with what we've been talking about today on today's show. If you didn't see it, it was fascinating. The players on the Lions, every single one of them, canceled practice. They boycotted practice. They said, we are not going to practice today. Instead, we are going to meet the media and we are going to draw attention to what's going on in Wisconsin. They stood and met the media in their plain clothes. I believe their coach was there as well. They held up signs. What was their goal? What was their intention? And did it work? And is it right? I'm going to start with the, did it work? If you've been listening to Nothing Personal, you know very well what the answer to that is. One boycotted practice does change not make. Was it right? No, it's not right. So I'm torn here, and I want to explain my position. We all have jobs. I get paid by CBS, and I'm thankful. If I called CBS and I said, listen, I'm not doing the show today because I want to boycott what's happening in Wisconsin and around the country. CBS would say to me, that's your decision. You've got sick days, you've got vacation days, but you're certainly not going to get paid for not working. We're not going to pay you to take a leave of a day or a week or a month. And I'd have zero ground to stand on. Nor would I be upset with them because I would say the same thing. But if I'm a player who only gets paid during the regular season and I call my team and say, I'm not practicing today, it's an unexcused absence that under the collective bargaining agreement, if you're represented by a union, could come with a fine. But you don't lose a day of pay because you're not being paid. Now, if you don't show up to a game during the regular season, you're going to lose your pay. If you want to go protest, if you want to boycott, if you want to be with family, if you have an unexcused absence, you don't get paid. Should this be an excused absence for the Detroit Lions? And my answer is no. And I'm sorry, but it is. When you have a job to do, and it's not just because I don't sleep a lot, there's plenty of hours in the day to accomplish anything you want. I never accepted when an employee of mine would say, I don't have time, or someone in my family, hey, did you do that? No, I didn't have time. Don't tell me you didn't have time. There's always time. Tell me you didn't do it. Tell me you chose to do something else instead. 
but don't tell me you didn't have time. There's plenty of time in the day for the Lions to have had their practice, gotten ready for the regular season, done their job, and then gotten into plain clothes, held up the same signs, and met the media. They've got a platform where the media is there whenever they want the media to be there. And their message is not bolstered by the very fact that they suspended and boycotted practice. Their message is made stronger by the content of the message. That's always been the point to me. Have a crisp, thought-out message that includes an action plan. Now, if the Detroit Lions want to say that we're not playing this year, we have decided as a team and we've met with the owner, and we are not playing. We're not playing six games. We're not playing eight games. We're not playing 16 games. We are going out into the community and working full-time there. Or we're going to play, but every single moment that we're not playing or practicing, this will be our full-time avocation. I think it is very dangerous for any employee or any person to believe that they can decide on their own that they are going to stop doing their job and that that is by itself enough a show of force, a piece de resistance. It's not. The NFL is going to have to deal with this. The NBA is going to have to deal with this. MLB and the NFL, NBA, you better get ready. Because if this continues and boycotts actually happen, the league is going to have a significant issue on its hand. We're going to talk about Messi later on in the show. What could have been in the number one global story with Messi in Barcelona. When we come back, we're going to do a little singing. We'll be right back. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. With everything going on in the world, I am still watching movies because I want to review them for you. It's part of the show. I watched another four-hour documentary, two parts, two hours each. It's called Sinatra, All or Nothing at All. Frank Sinatra has a special place in my heart for two reasons. Number one, at the end of every Yankee game, they play New York, New York, a song by Frank Sinatra. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York, a shout out to the vice chairman of our team. Back in the day of the Marlins, his name was Joel Mail. Joel Mail and I were on the field after we won the World Series in 03, after the players were, after the clubhouse celebration, the trophy presentation, et cetera. And we were listening to New York, New York being played. The Yankees still played that song after losing the World Series. I associate it with winning the World Series. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I was always proud to be a New Yorker. The other Frank Sinatra song that I think about every day is called My Way. I had no idea the life of Frank Sinatra. I didn't remember that he won an Oscar for From Here to Eternity. I didn't remember that he was married to Mia Farrow, as in the ex-wife of Woody Allen, among others. I didn't realize that Frank Sinatra was married to that actress, and I'm going to get her name wrong. Is it Lana Turner? Did I just watch Shawshank Redemption? Is it Ava Gardner or Lana Turner? One of them is the poster, Tim Robbins' poster in Shawshank. One of them was Frank Sinatra's wife. Either way, he had a very interesting life that was devoted to equality, human rights. It was a complicated life, not perfect at all, He did do it his way. Ava Gardner was his second wife. Thank you, Coca. Which means that Lana Turner must have been on the uh, Shawshank Redemption wall. Unless it was Ava Gardner also. I'm quite confused. In any case, I'd like you to watch the Sinatra documentary for the following reason. It's easy to forget people who have passed away. Their music does live on. But the story of their lives is fascinating. Everybody's life story could be a documentary. There's no doubt in my mind because everyone's had an interesting life. Even if you think that yours has been totally banal, it has not. But when you sit there for four hours and see him get himself up off the carpet, when you realize that he didn't have it all, and I didn't know what it meant all or nothing at all, except there were so many times that Frank Sinatra had nothing at all. And this whole time, I thought he had it all, all the time. It's worth your time. Thanks for the recommendation. Coming out of the Midwest, Sinatra, all or nothing at all. Okay, the uh, top story of the day, uh, in theory, on the field is Messi. Messi is a soccer player. If you've been to Barcelona and toured Camp Nou, I'm lucky enough to have done that. It is uh, fascinating. It's a fascinating tour, looking at all the trophies, how many trophies you can win, taking pictures with Messi, his cutout, did, did all that. 
So here's how it works in football, which is our soccer, but I'm going to call it football because it's football. Players sign contracts. They belong to a team. Messi plays for Barcelona. He signed through 2021. Barcelona plays in different leagues. They go for different trophies. Messi then gets to leave and play for his country. It's a very different type of contract and sport around the world than it is here. It's not like they just leave their team for the Olympics every four years. It's every year they play for their country. Messi sent shocks throughout the industry. When at 33 years old yesterday, he said, you know what? I want out of Barcelona. I don't know what the equivalent is. I guess it's Michael Jordan saying he wants out of Chicago, but he ended up playing for Washington. I guess it's Magic Johnson saying he wants out of Los Angeles. Maybe that's what it is. I I can't think of the equivalent because that's how much we associate Messi, who is a far bigger star than Michael Jordan, far bigger than LeBron James, far bigger than Steph Curry, far bigger than Mike Trout, far bigger than Tom Brady. Take them all. Messi puts them all. They're all third level compared to Messi. His worldwide fame, he and Ronaldo, to me, are the two most famous athletes in the world, hard stop. Way more famous than Kobe, by the way. So Messi said he wants out and people lost their minds. So the way it works is that if you want to get out of your contract, there is something called a fee. It's like a posting fee in baseball when a team pays a Japanese team a fee and then has the right to sign that player. There are fees that happen between soccer teams. It's how money gets transferred from one team to another. It's, it's almost like baseball revenue sharing in a way. The fee for Messi under his contract, get ready for this, folks, 700 million euros which is about $825 million U.S. So here's how it would work. A team, I just can't even believe this, but a team who'd want to sign him would have to pay Barcelona $825 million and then sign Messi. There is no way to make that deal work. If that provision is in your contract, you are saying, I will never leave Barcelona. But in Messi's contract, there's a little tiny provision that's different. And the little tiny provision is that Messi has the unilateral right to say every year that he wants out. But he's got to do it by the end of June of each year. And if he doesn't do it, he's there for the next year. He's now claiming that because of the delay in COVID, the delay in the season, the halting of the season, that that date told, and therefore he still has the right to unilaterally choose to leave Barcelona. That will be a legal fight, and it will take much longer than Messi has left in his career. It's not a wait to see. It's a guarantee that if Messi leaves Barcelona, two things will happen. One, no team will pay $825 million in a posting fee. The record is like 225 million euros uh, for that guy, Neymar, another football player. No one's paying the 825 US. 
Two, there will be a settlement between Messi and Barcelona of what a fee will be, and Messi will only know how much to settle for with Barcelona once he's negotiated with his new team what they're willing to pay to get him as part of his contract. Rumors are already out that it's going to be Manchester City. Manchester City, who just got themselves out of trouble for financial fair play. There's a lot of rules over there in football because they want to make sure the teams have sort of a level playing field. So it's going to be very interesting to see what will happen. But the rumor is that Messi could sign with Man City and end up in Major League Soccer in New York City three years from now at 36 years old. How amazing would it be if Messi negotiated a piece of the team in Man City, a piece of an MLS team the way Beckham did? Although Messi's a far bigger player than Beckham was. This is going to play out in an interesting way. And it's not good for Barcelona. Because no matter how this ends, it ends with Messi leaving a team that he won four championship league trophies with a team that he believes is further away than ever from winning a fifth. He wants to win more. He is a winning. He craves it, needs it, demands it, wants it. Doesn't like the coach. Doesn't like management. You remember we did a segment on nothing personal. The Messi had a fight with his own management about taking pay cuts during COVID. It's a divorce. It's going to end with tears and a journey. Okay, we have some breaking news I want to get to. Last night, or two days ago, the Heat swept the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers decided today that it was Nate McMillan's fault. Nate McMillan was fired by the Indiana Pacers. Forgetting the fact that two of his best players didn't play during the series. Forgetting the fact that his team just isn't good enough. What are you going to do? Fire the GM? Fire the owner? Nah, you fire the coach, pay him off. Nate McMillan's a great coach. That is an unfair, very unfair. Nate McMillan fired him. Okay. They did a, they did, they did a small uh, statement. Was it a good one, Coca? Oh, the Simon family, that's who owns it. On behalf of the Simon family, I'd like to thank Nate for his years with the team said Pacers president of basketball ops, Kevin Pritchard. This was a very hard decision for us to make, open parens, but we made it super quickly after we got swept. If we had lost in five, I guess we would have been okay. We feel it's in the best interest of the organization to move in a different direction. We didn't feel that when we signed him to the extension, but getting swept by the heat, we now feel it. Nate and I have been through the good times and the bad times. It was an honor to work with him for these 11 years in Indiana and Portland. He took over the Pacers in 16 and 17, led him to a 183 and 136 record, but was 3 and 16 in the playoffs. That's great. I'm glad you put that in the release. I think that's very nice of you, Indiana. I think it's important to point out that he was 3 and 16 in the playoffs, and that's why I fired him. I think that uh, that makes it all clear. I think the Pacers fans will be satisfied now. Nate McMillan, free agent. Nothing personal. Pick of the day. We won with Bieber. You know we're going Bieber again five days from now. How can you not? Bieber beat the Twins. We're 10 and 9. We won that. 
I wish I'd picked Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. He threw a no-hitter. If you didn't watch it, it was pretty cool. He was downright nasty. Pick of the day today, I'm going outside of baseball because I feel so secure with this pick. Uh, Damian Lillard has a sprained knee. He's not playing for Portland. The line is only 13. The Lakers are going to win by 22. If you can lay 22, I would lay it. Um, LeBron needs a little rest. He doesn't want to be distracted by having to play extra games on his legs. When you have a chance to end a series, he's going to end the series, and it will end. The great Portland story ends tonight. Lakers minus 13 is the official line. I give 22. That's the nothing personal pick of the day. Okay, a quick correction. Uh, I said on yesterday's show that ratings are up in MLB and the NBA. Thank you very much. There was someone on the YouTube page who said, by the way, NBA ratings are down, not up. And I looked into it. I was completely wrong. NBA ratings actually are down. And there are all sorts of reasons why people are suspecting. Could it be because of the platform and writing Black Lives Matter on the the stage, it's on the court? Is it because the product is so bad? It's unclear at the moment. Ratings are down, though. Thank you for that clarification and that correction. If if I do it wrong, tell me, and I'll fix it. I also have a follow-up that I want to end with. The follow-up is we talked about the Cleveland Indians and what they were doing. They needed a starter for tonight, and we talked about their coach, Sandy Alomar Jr., saying, hey, it's totally up to the front office. And I said, Mike Clevenger should not be brought up to start. Well, Coca sent me a text yesterday. I was wrong. Follow-up, Mike Clevenger will be starting tonight's game. What was fascinating is the two players who went out and broke the rules in Chicago, the two Indian players, Plesak and Clevenger, they left Plesak in the minor leagues and brought up Clevenger. And for whatever reason, Chris Antonetti called Zach Plesak and at the alternate site and explained to Plesak that there was not an opportunity for him at this time at the major league level. What a crock of crap. Plesak's having a great year. He is better than at least one of their starters, maybe two. He should be in the rotation. This seems to be a negotiated settlement with the players who didn't want either of them back. Or is this getting Clevenger back from options so they can showcase him to trade him, which is being rumored? Wait to see. The Indians will not trade any of their starters, even though they do need an outfield bat so badly. They are not going to trade Clevenger or Plesak or Bieber. It does not make sense in a season like this to do that, especially with these new balls that are in baseball, especially with no one hitting for average, no one's hitting. You need pitching why the general manager for the Indians felt the need to call Zach Plesak to explain. I've never done that ever. Call a player who you didn't call up to say, man, I just want to tell you why we didn't call you up. I'll call you when you're being called up. In the meantime, stay there and get ready and keep your phone on vibrate. It's a little much on the protesting, I think, that he did by calling Zach Plesak. Sort of like trying to cover his tracks in case of a grievance. Getting it out there. There's no opportunity because that is a way to guard against a grievance. There's no opportunity. There's no hole in the starting rotation. The onus would then be on Zach Plesak to prove that he's better than someone in the major leagues, and that is a matter of opinion. You don't win that grievance. How they got Mike Clevenger up to start tonight? Hmm. Interesting. No, not that interesting. It was just business. 
It was nothing personal. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.